following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, too long since you've heard the voices of your boys, kings of this podcast game, the OGs, that is us, my name is John Brown, that is Mike Jones, Mike Jones, this is your first podcast as a married man, how do we record that, very first, come on. Uh, well, I, I understand it, but still, they're, 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 your, your left hand has gotten just slightly heavier. There's a little, a couple more ounces on your left hand. How, how does that feel? Now, I, I, look, bro, I, I, I watched your wedding. I, I was there. I was there. I was cheering on my boy. I was like, yo, he's doing it. Had the tux on. You, you looked good, man. Jonesy in a suit. I understand that, but look, look, here's the thing. You ever, like, like sometimes people will tell you that they have skills, that they're good at something, mm-hmm. but you never actually get a chance to see that. I have known Mike Jones for a long time, and Mike Jones has told me on, on, on numerous occasions, he's like, look, man, you know, the dress game is, is, is my thing. Mike Jones does the suits. I have never been in a situation where I've, other than maybe a picture or two, every now and then, I have never been in a situation where I have seen Mike Jones in the suit. I saw Mike Jones in the suit on his wedding day, and my boy looked good, man. And, and, and for the record. Uh, and, and, and look at he's holding the hand up, too. He's holding, I see the hardware. Look at you. <laughs> that, that was a self-tied bow tie. You know, none of that pre-tied. First of all, I feel I feel attacked. It's nothing wrong. Stop shaming us us with the, with with the little hook on the top. You know, people that wear the bow ties with, with the hooks on. Now, me, I'm not I'm not a big bow tie. I I, I like let it hang, mm-hmm. let the tie hang. Uh, I mean, I do that too. Mm-hmm. But you look good, man. Congratulations, man. I I am happy for you, my brother. That was a very good weekend. Two good friends of mine. Two very good friends of mine. Made that jump, walked down that aisle that weekend. My man, shout out to my man Mike Jones, and shout out to good friend of the show Javon Alford, who also got married that weekend too. They're two beautiful ceremonies, and I, you know, I, I want to go on record thanking both of you for the invite, man. I, I appreciate it. I love both of y'all, and I'm happy for both of you. Shout out to you, and shout out to both of you, and shout out to both of your lovely wives. Oh man, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Couldn't couldn't let the show go without without saying that first. But now let's 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 talk sports a little bit. That now that being said, uh huh. We we took some time off. I, we did. I, I we did. A, I had a busy summer. Oh, yeah. You were planning that also, some things. But that also means that I've got some things on my chest that I haven't gotten to say to the people in a while. Oh, boy. We haven't gotten to talk to the people, so I got some things. I got some things we need to talk about. Oh, I want to talk okay. about. All right. Let it first be known. Of all, Speak on it. First of all, we're going to talk about 
your man Ben Simmons. Oh, I already know where this is going to go because you just dropped. He, he's my man. Not he's not your man no more. I'll say it this way. I I actually am probably less down on him than most people in our area. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if, if he were back on the roster next year, it wouldn't be end of the world. He can't come back to me. I'm no. I haven't gone that far. No. That being said, I will double down on my previous position of his game needs to evolve and it hasn't evolved. Remember we had this discussion before and yes. I was saying I, I see him getting better at things he already did. Okay. But involving into a more complete player was something I never I said I hadn't seen and I still needed to see. Mm-hmm. He's 25 now. He had birthday was last month and at 25 he's a year or two away from his what's considered your basketball prime. It's now or never for him to make the adjustments he needs to make and be able to capitalize on it while in his physical prime as well because if you figure it out too late you're Carmelo Anthony who when you were at the height of your your prowess you you didn't understand how to win a game and now that you understand how to win a game you're well past your prime and reduced to being a role player at best I don't want that for Ben. Mm-hmm. There's way too much talent there for Ben to rest on his laurels and say, I am what I am. You know? That, that. Are, 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 is... Man. <laughs> and really, really, the only thing you really, really, really need is free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. If his free throw shooting has maintained what it was in the regular season, 65%, you go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. But because you're shooting at one point less than 30% in the in that series, yeah. that you can't you can't do anything there. Like they're already working around you mm-hmm. not being able to space the floor properly in the half court, but now they have to work around their point guard not being able to touch the ball. I have said this, and we we're both going on record because I feel like, to your point, I had always felt like the conversation, the debate on the evolution of Ben Simmons game goes it is tied to how you define evolution mm-hmm. what you consider evolution i feel like i am with i am with ben simmons i am kind of like the same place i was 6 7 months ago with carson wentz whereas at this point the criticism is too loud to debate. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the masses want him gone. There isn't too much, like, 
the two of us, you and I, have always kind of fancied ourselves as people who kind of rise above the common conversation. We're not going to give you the talk radio fodder. We're not going to give you, you know, the, the, the same old narratives that you can get on Twitter, that you can get on Facebook, that you can get on talk radio. However, there comes times in this city where it's like, you know what? It, the, the, the narrative has gone too far to argue. Now, I honestly... I'm probably on the same page as you are with Ben Simmons. Whereas if I'm going to bang my head against the wall about the Sixers, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, with the exception of 1983, I've banged my head against the wall for the Sixers every season of my life. But if I'm going to bang my head against the wall for the Sixers, I would rather bang my head against the wall for the Sixers because Ben Simmons is back and hasn't changed one iota than I would if we trade Ben Simmons for a loss. Ben Simmons is not the guy. That's absolutely something I don't want to do. I don't yeah. want to trade him just to get him off yeah. the roster. Uh, ben Simmons is absolutely not the guy you can trade at a loss. We have tri- when you talk about players, and and when you talk about the process, you look at the players that they have brought in to be cornerstones of that process. Pretty much the only two players you traded for and got an upgrade for the only players was maybe Mike, Michael Carter Williams, because you got a first you, you were able to to get a somehow get another first round pick, mm-hmm. because. And that's only because Milwaukee actually thought he was going to be their point guard while they had Giannis on the team. You talk about you talk about like teams passing up on Giannis. You know, mm-hmm. the Bucks had you know the Bucks had Giannis and still traded for Michael Carter Williams because they thought he was going to be a better option. And then you saw him and it was like, yeah, yeah, no. And that was quick. But nonetheless, Michael Carter-Williams, you trade him, and that was an improvement. You traded Dario Sarge and and, and, and Covington, and you were able to get uh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, you lose him, but you pick up up, uh, Richardson, who you were then able to flip for Seth Curry. So to me, that's not a loss. You traded Nerlens for a loss. You traded Ja Okafor for a loss. You traded Markel Fultz for a loss. You traded Ja Okafor for a loss. Okay. Okay. Die. It's a loss. Yeah. Yeah. It's a loss. I just wanted to be clear about where the loss is. Yeah. You you took a but But the bottom line is, Nerlens was an L. You took a loss. Yeah. Nerlens was an L. Ja was an L. Fultz was an L. You absolutely cannot take an L on Ben Simmons. A Ben Simmons trade needs to be a trade that makes the Sixers better, whether you like it or not, whether you think they were overrated, whether you think they, uh, whether you think they overachieved or whatever. This was a team with the number one, with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They were a 50-win team. Bottom line is a trade for Ben Simmons better make this a 50-win team that makes them that put that that put at least on paper. 
puts them up there with Brooklyn and the other teams at the top of the East. One point of order. They were a 50-win team in a 10-game shortened season. Okay. Mm-hmm. So back when, when you're back to a full season, you're closer to a 60-win team. Okay. So that, so you, that makes your point like even more, more poignant. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want a 50-win team. I need a 60-win team. This team, bottom line is, this team, a, a Ben Simmons trade should not be a step back. Mm-mm. Should not be a step back. Now they're they're now. You you, let, let me ask you. You know, and this is this is completely fantasy talk right now. This isn't this is hypothetical. We're not talking about contracts matching or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. This is strictly you know hypothetical. You had your choice, Bradley Beal or Dame Lillard. Who who you want? What's it cost me? Ben Simmons. Those are the two names Bill. that we've talked about. No. You... Mm, correct. Lillard. Bottom Lillard. line, okay. Bottom line is for me. If it's co- if it's costing me Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's just Ben Simmons straight up deal, okay. it will cost me the same thing either way for either player. Mm-hmm. All things being equal, I'd take that. All things being equal. My bottom line is, if a Ben Simmons trade is not bringing in Bradley Beal, if a Ben Simmons trade is not bringing in Dame Lillard, I'm good. No, thank you. I don't no, no. Buddy Hill, no. De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, no. There are players around the league that I would be interested in if they were available in exchange for Ben Simmons. Okay. The guy, the guys you just named, you're right. No, I don't want them. I don't want De'Aaron Fox. But if you were to call, say I'm Daryl Morey and Michael Jordan called me with the package that included Lamelo, I'm interested. Okay. I'm definitely interested if you call me with a package that includes a Lobello. I know he's young, mm-hmm. but he gives me just about all the things I love about Ben Simmons, plus a jump shot. Okay. He's a tall guard who can ha- who can play the point, handle the ball, sees the floor, what floor well, creates for other players, instinctive playmaker at that, not just someone who's capable, but instinctive playmaker. And he'll shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. So, hey, real quick, I uh, got a real good question on here. I'm gonna mm-hmm. throw it up here. Uh, Bryant asked, "Is there even a sports f- figure in Philly who lost the confidence of the fans only to regain it? Maybe McNabb. I would say, probably off the top of my head, I would say Cole Hamels. Oh eight, he uh, was a beast. Oh nine, he kind of mm-hmm. he kind of fell off." But I think what they by, did by was the time you got to four aces. Time, yeah, by the time you got to four, yeah, they 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 built him back up through the four aces. So when the time when the time came where you know you had Oswald, you had Halliday, you had Lee, and by the time they were all done and it was just Hamels again, mm-hmm. Hamels was good. People was good but on I, Hamels. But I think what helped with with Hamels was that. The, there was a while there was a loss of confidence. Mm-hmm. 
it didn't you didn't see an effect in the team where they weren't still winning yeah. and winning at a high level. Yeah. It, Be, uh, and, and of course it was disguised because you brought in Holiday and Lee. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have the same reliance on a guy like Cole Havels. Mm-hmm. But that allowed it to be disguised for the fans where if you're a starter on the basketball court, you're disappointing. There's no hiding that. Yeah. I don't, especially if you're the starting point guard, primary ball handler, mm-hmm. number one draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know, a starting pitcher, you're out there one every four, one every five days in the regular season. Because mm-hmm. that four eight or four aces time, you had guys like Vance Worley or other guys. Like so, he's out there once every five days. Another another real quick uh, comment, my man Sonny said, MJ ain't trading Mello. He was born at night, but not last night. Quite frankly, you know what? Oh, I agree. No, I'm no not what? saying he would. No, I'm just but, saying, but I you know what? I, honestly, honestly, and 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 for the most part, I agree with you. But I think I honestly think if there was a GM, a front office who would make a knee jerk move like that, it would be Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. He is not the greatest owner. He is not the greatest GM. Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan. In fact, I, I would I would put it to you like this, and because I'm not trying to go on on a tangent, but Michael Jordan, the player, would hate Michael Jordan. Anymore. <laughs> if you watch, it, there's no way you could watch the Last Dance and you see how Michael Jordan treated Jerry Krause. There's no way Michael Jordan would like Michael Jordan. There's no way Michael Jordan, the player, would like mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, Jordan Yoner. Because Jerry Krause, much better GM and and, and, and much better judge of talent. Much be- that's fair. Is a much better judge of talent than Michael Jordan is. That that's fair. So if there was if there was a guy, you know, it, it, I, honestly, Michael Jordan would be the guy. To say, hey, you know what? We got this big six ten point guard, a six ten point guard who can contribute, who can get to the basket, who can find the open man. All he has to do is need a little bit of motor. Michael Jordan believes he is the greatest. Mo- like mm-hmm. you talk about somebody who would take something personally. Tell Michael Jordan he can't motivate Ben Simmons to get a jump shot. I I agree, but like. But but so, but on so what Sonny was saying though, like of course I let me be clear, the the, the greater point I was making was that, there are players out like, there you I, But I as I think it's unrealistic in comparison to some of the names we're hearing and some of the deals are being tossed around mm-hmm. for for many of those things where I have to gut my roster to bring in somebody and add all my future picks and everything else, mm-hmm. I'd just as soon bring back Ben Simmons. I and would... honestly, if I'm in the Sixers GM seat, I'm making more calls about moving Tobias than I am moving Ben. Okay. No, That's I, just me. I, I feel like, honestly, and part of this could be considered the problem, or part of the problem. I think if there is a player who can tune out the noise and the talk, mm-hmm. it's Ben Simmons. I think ben, ben Simmons is the guy who absolutely positively does not care what we're saying about him on Twitter 
on Facebook, on talk radio, in the barbershops. Ben Simmons is that guy who absolutely does not care what we're talking, you know, that we're talking about him. Does not care. And and part of that scares me because of a point that I had made on the last time we sat down and did a show. Because I am not, I, I said before, I am not sure if Ben Simmons is capable of working on the things that he needs to work on to get better. Yes, we, you know, we. we but that's the thing. I, I, I can't say he's not capable because every time we see him working out, he's doing the things we need to, we need to see him do. And he then we won't get, do it. He won't do it in games. Now, I, I'm, I'm, that's what's so frustrating about. I am, spe- but the, but the thing is, it's like. Unless you're talking about the mental work he needs to do. I, 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 I mental too. Because quite frankly, I think, you know, I, I have said, and I, I, I said it kind of after the season, that I, I kind of thought that there were some, some, some things outside of basketball that kind of played into Ben Simmons' mental state. Where I thought that could have been a distraction, could have been something, you know, so, something that kind of clouded his mind and helped Mm-hmm. It, it, it helped lead to what looked like. There were of, reportedly a lot of other things yeah, going on in his yeah, personal life. Yeah. Say at the time of the playoffs, I'll I won't get into details. Exactly. I, that, that's not from you know. Google, I, honestly, work, Google works if you want to know. Mm-hmm, but exactly, there were exactly. other things going on in his exactly. personal life. And I, but I, I just feel like, you know, we we we've seen the videos. I, and I, and I'm speaking to somebody who has who, who has gone down this road before. I've been the one on Twitter like, yo, you see these, you see Ben Simmons up here in the gym with this wet jumper. Oh, next season's gonna be all right. I need more. I need more Ben Simmons wet jumper footage. Can I get oh, some of that? Man. No, not this year. No, not this year at all. Game. I need to see it in I the do, game. I, I do need to see it in the game. That's but the only qu- place that matters. Quite frankly, like somebody said on Twitter today that basically Ben Simmons coming back to this team would be an absolute disaster. And I, I disagree. It, I, 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 I disagree. I think that's the worst thing that could happen to the Sixers. I, I, think, I think the worst thing that could happen to the Sixers is you get had in a trade mm-hmm. where you move them and don't get back value and you end up being a worse team yeah. than you were with Ben Simmons. Yes. I think Ben – Ben Simmons back on the Sixers next year is still a team competing for the top of the of the uh, of the uh, East. Mm-hmm. Might not be a champion. Might not realistically be a a title contender, but they're going to be somebody in that conversation. When you're looking at the top three, four teams in the East, I think the Sixers with Ben Simmons are in there. You feel on this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. 
an ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. So, let's change gears for a second. Oh boy. Because as I look at the calendar, it's, it's August 17th. And. That means it's football time of year. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. We everybody's got at least one preseason game under their belt. Mm-hmm. A couple teams are at two already. Did you watch did you watch the our, our Philadelphia Eagles? Did you watch that first game? How much of that first game? I watched the first quarter and change. All right. Now I, I, I gotta put this out here because you, you're you're my people. And we're about to bring in our our, our next guest. Mm-hmm. My, I, I, I am about to welcome an addition to my family. I have a son-in-law. I have a future son-in-law coming into my family. This future son-in-law is a Steelers fan, but I'm not quite sure how much of a football fan he is. Okay, first question: Where is he from? Uh, he is from Ohio. Uh, I guess that's Eastern Ohio, so close to Western okay. Pennsylvania. Then, then him being like, yeah, 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 Pittsburgh is right there yeah. by that Pennsylvania Ohio. Board. Yeah, so him being a, but, a but, Pittsburgh but this, fan is acceptable. I, well, look, it's look, I didn't say it's preferable. It's acceptable. I, I will because I will, he, yeah. he's a guy who's shown lo- loyalty to home. Yes, you as a future son-in-law, that's a quality you want. Yeah. A guy who shows loyalty yeah. to home. These Honestly, his for. his love for the Steelers isn't the biggest violation. Okay. Here comes the violation. I'm listening. Steelers play the Eagles in preseason football. Mm-hmm. He wants to talk trash about the game. What grown man talks trash about a preseason football game? That's mm. that's where the that's where the violation comes in. Eagles lose that ge- Eagles lose that game. How much do you care? I'm, like you, you watch the game, Eagles lose. How much do you care about how much the Eagles win or lose their uh their their okay. preseason game? I'll put it to you this way: the game started at what seven o'clock, seven thirty. Yes, it was a seven thirty start, so it's not a late start at all. No. Second quarter when Flacco's in the game, yeah, I'm falling asleep. Of course, that should let you know everything you needed to know. Of course, I care who won or lost that game. Of course, I wanted to see how the offensive line looked. I saw how the first and second off string offensive Mm -hmm. line. I saw some of them. I wanted to see how Hurts looked, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to see what kind of offense Sirianni like. Does it look like an NFL system? Because uh, I still am a little scarred from Chip Kelly. Not like uh, when, he, when he ran his systems, like this is an NFL set football. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I always look for that. But beyond that, talk to me in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, Quez Watkins literally told you when it was time to turn off the game. 
He literally said, hey, hey, bro, let me outrun this. He scored that touchdown. That was, hey, that's mm-hmm. it, guys. That's that's it. If I had, like, because cause they, want, <laughs> they wanted to go to the game. And I'm like, you know, nah, I'm, I'm good. You know, look, the, the, the current climate, I'm, 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 I'm cool. I'm going to watch this game on television. But had I went to that game, after the, after the Watkins touchdown, I'm, I'm looking at my family like, you know what, it's time, to, it's time to go. But he wants to talk trash about a preseason game, bruh. That's not helping you. You want to marry my child? It's like Maybe he's trying to impress you with his football knowledge. That's not it, son. Now I don't know. Now, 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 if he really, really wants to impress me, he'll like he'll support my podcast and he'll listen to the podcast. He'll listen to the show and he'll hear this conversation. But I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. So if if he really wants to impress you, next time he'll call you up and like you know, Josie was right. <laughs> no, no, oh hell no. <laughs> hell. He come. He, I don't care what you're talking about. He comes up here talking about Jonesy was right. Yeah, look. Bruh, you gotta go. All right, look. All right, we we we've we, we've we've held our next guest on on hold long, long enough. We gotta bring our man in. This is, this is a long. This is a a long time friend of the show. Someone we bring in three four times a football season just to talk Eagles, just to talk NFL. Because quite frankly, he knows damn near everything. Let's bring in our man, our good friend, Miss Jeff. Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. What's going on, fellas? Can you guys put me back on hold? I just want to hear the stories because that was fantastic. <laughs> my man I'm wanted... fine. I'll just sit in the lobby and listen to those stories all day. My, my man wanted to talk trash about a preseason game. L- let me ask you this, though. Mm-hmm. Let, let's be real fair. Let's say the Eagles won that game like 40 to nothing and we're up 20 to nothing after the first. Do, do you think you might have potentially right. had a few words for him now right, here, here's the situation <laughs> it, it, it would have just it, honestly it would have depended like 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 you said it would have depended on who put up the 40 points well, like 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 hurts, nothing like, after the first quarter. like like hurts comes <laughs> out and looks like the second coming like hurts comes out it's just you know like you remember let, let, let's take let, let's take let me take you guys back you remember first preseason game eagles Baltimore, McNabb, T.O. Oh, I thought you were going to go Sam Bradford. Uh, That's where I thought Packers, he was going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Now no, 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 that too. That, but you know what? No. I, I, nah, you won't even take it like that. Yeah, I wouldn't even take it like that. But I, I'm talking like like McNabb, T.O. First play of the game. That was crazy. That was something I would talk trash about. I okay. lived in Baltimore at that point. And that's probably that, – that game was pro- – in fact, it wasn't even that game because I, I don't even know who won that game. I just know the first play. I saw the first play. I saw McNabb to T.O. I probably turned the game off right after that. <laughs> but that's T.O. told T.O. told you when you could yeah, turn the game yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. T.O. was like, you know what, hey, hey, guys, this is how the season is going to go. I'll see. Honestly, I'll see you me. guys in Jacksonville. That's what that's what T.O. said in that like, very first you know. play of the game. Like when I hear anybody really seriously putting import importance on the preseason outcomes of games, I yeah. remind them of Steve Spurrier. Like he took the preseason seriously and how'd that work out? Yeah, yeah. 
It is funny, though, because the Ravens take it seriously. I think they've won, what, like 17 straight preseason games? It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. They they mm-hmm. actually take it seriously, and they do well. They're, they're that they're one the team that does that. The yeah. Yeah. I remember but, the Colts used to lose when they had Peyton Manning. They, they would go 0-4 like, like every year every yeah. year in the preseason. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Colts also probably had the least money invested in the backup quarterback position. Exactly, right. Curtis so Painter one, not getting the job done. <laughs> so once Peyton had his one drive and yep. it's all Painter and company out there, mm-hmm. yep. you're not expecting much. Yeah, so and then that fourth fourth game, forget about it. <laughs> you didn't see any of those guys. <laughs> exactly. So, Jeff, let's get into it a little bit. Eagles camp full swing, first preseason game under their belt. Jalen Hurts. Right. That's that's the big story this year. Everybody wants to know what what's going on with him. So, having seen the what you've seen so far, what kind of vibe are you getting from Hurts? I mean, you've seen McNabb, you've seen Vic, you've seen Wentz. How do you feel when you're seeing Hurts on the field? Yeah, you know, I feel like you see a very good leader, someone who's very poised, in control, knows what he's doing, does not look like the moment has is too big for him. You know, I felt like he looked like that at the end of last year. I feel like he's mm-hmm. looked like that all training camp, even if he has a bad game or, a, I'm, I'm sorry, a bad throw or a, a string of a couple of throws that could be better, you don't see him wear it on his uh, on his face, on his sleeve. That's a good sign uh, of leadership and poise and the type of kind of that will as a quarterback to know that it's always about the next play, even if you don't have a good play right then and there. So I've seen all of that. I know the, you know, I would, I would describe his first two weeks of, of camp, just the practices part. You know, I think the coaches were were pleased. They, they've even said it as recently as today. There are still some things they want him to see from a decision-making standpoint, but that's just coaching points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say he was having an okay camp. And then that preseason game, though, um, the, the thing that they really liked was that the Steelers came after him. I mean, you know, they, did not, they, they didn't just blitz. I mean, they blitzed from the nickel spot. They blitzed from the safety spot. They, they threw the kitchen sink. And as you saw, that left a lot of good one-on-one matchups. And Jalen Hurts was not only able to connect and go to the right places with the, the ball with the most part, but as you guys saw specifically on, on the pass to Goddard, right, when you get those one-on-ones because the team is blitzing, you want to put that ball in an area where not only can your receiver get it, but he can get yards after the catch, which I thought you saw him do really mm-hmm. well, Jalen Hurts there, in that, you know, obviously, what was it, 10 snaps, seven passes. So mm-hmm. we're still talking about a very limited resume. But I think for the coaches, it helped them because, like I said, I think, you know, based on, on what I was told, they, they felt like he was having a, a good, not great camp. But then when they came out and he saw him put that kind of performance together in a game, it's it's a it's a great foundation to build from. OK, so that's what the coaches are thinking. How are how do his teammates seem to be responding to it? Yeah, I think the teammates have responded to him, you know, going back to last year really well. Jonesy. I mean, I, I think he's got those leadership qualities. He's got a, a – I always wonder this. I haven't had, had a chance to ask the guys this yet, but this man has like a new slogan every week. You know, like the rent is due and I don't plan on being late every day. And then after the game, it was like, you know, something about, I guess, the timing with Quez Watkins on the, the home run ball that was just missed. He mm-hmm. said it, it's like Novocaine. You know, eventually it'll work. You just got to mm-hmm. be patient. The man just has like a whole dictionary, I guess, of, of 
like slogans that just don't sound cliche when he says it. It's like, oh, it mm-hmm. makes you think. So, I, I, you know, he's a very popular guy among his teammates. See. It's, it, it's, I don't want to say it's easy to be popular. I mean, you, you could fall out real quick, but right now is the time for that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, teammates want to be with a guy who's a winner. And so he was a winner in college. Uh, we'll see if he's a winner at the NFL level. It's a whole different ball game here. All right, you look at this offense that they're putting around him. Uh, probably biggest uh, biggest uh, issue, question, concern going into this season outside of quarterback was the left tackle position. Mm-hmm. All right, Dillard, uh, Dillard has he hasn't grabbed that brass ring yet. How confident are you now in Jordan Mailata? You're seeing him now. It looks like at this point now he he's going to be the left tackle. They haven't they haven't called the race yet, but it, we all got eyes. Yeah. How confident yeah. are you, and how confident should fans be in Mailata as the left tackle? Well, that's a great question, um, JB, because here's a guy who sometimes is measured against his own history as opposed to being measured against the best at the position, right? His own history says he shouldn't even be here. He's been a very good story of development. And even last year, how he was able to step in and hold his own and show. So I would say flash some real signs that he can play in this league was a great thing when you were measuring him against his history. Now the key is, is he one of the better, best, you know, top whatever left tackles in football? And I think that that kind of remains to be seen. Um, if you go back to last year, there was a, you know, he, he came out in a house fire, did pretty well. And then as the game started to go on, there was a little period of slump there. Remember when Jason Peters came back, he went back to left tackle and my went on the bench. So it was, I don't want to say it was easy, but he obviously came in as the leader in the clubhouse over Andre Dillard because he's a massive human being, a very good athlete has good instincts, has that mean streak. He has the tools Mm. to be a good left tackle in this league. What he doesn't have is the resume yet. And even as last year, I would say, I don't want to say the pressure was off, but you're filling in, not much is expected of you. Now you're the starting left tackle. Every single week, you're going to be facing some legit pass rushers. That's going to be the big challenge for him is now people know who he is. He has outlasted the competition. And now he's got the red circle drawn around him from the uh, defensive coordinator, opposing defensive coordinator every week. And there are still a lot of the finer points of the game, twists, stunts, technique things that he's still learning compared to somebody who's been playing football all of his life. So I think that while he's been a very good story and I look forward to seeing him grow and develop, I don't think we can all sit here today and say this man's a finished product or that this man you could say the sky's the limit, but he still has to go out and do it. It's not just going to naturally happen. Okay, got you. So, sticking on the offensive side of the ball and what they're building around Hurts, on the outside, of course we know the the rookie is slotted in as a starting receiver. Then, you're, you're of course, you're expecting, hoping for Rager to step up this year and third receiver Quez Watkins is, is is this real I'm hearing a lot of talk before Thursday's game I was hearing a lot about the camp he was having yeah and then of course there was the big play in the game mm-hmm. yes 
is the big is, the big play of the game simply involved him catching the ball and running straight. I don't want to take mm-hmm. anything away from him, but that was a that was more of a great play call versus an aggressive defense and really good blocking mm-hmm. uh, on the perimeter to make that happen. Um, but I so I get what you're you're saying, Jonesy, and I think that you're echoing a very fair sentiment right now that wide receiver is kind of a position that you look at the Eagles and it feels very boom or bust right now. I mean, Devontae Smith finally came back to practice. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. I do have just a good vibe in general based on what the coaches, you know, see in him and like from him that as long as he's healthy, he's going to go out there and be a productive player. Uh, Jalen Rager is starting to finally round into form. He's making splash plays in practice. You would like mm-hmm. to see him be more consistent catching the ball. He is clearly from a talent standpoint, they're, they're, you know, one of their top two receivers. There's Devonte Smith and there's Jalen Rager. After that, it's an, you know, Greg Ward is Mr. Reliable. I know he hasn't done much this camp or in the preseason. It doesn't matter. He does what he does really, really well. The big question on Quez is can he do this and continue? It's almost like the same thing with, with Jordan Mailata, except that Quez, even more so, has less games than even experience in Mailata. He's got to be able to show it on a day to day basis. He's having, having a good camp. It's also my understanding that, and this goes back to last year too, it's like, it's tough for the coaches to have him invested and focused and lined up the right way all the time, um, knowing the playbook all the time. So some of the stuff you can't see happening on the field tends to be an obstruction for him. He's managed to have a really good camp. You saw in the preseason game, I actually thought, you know, his ability to stack Mike Hilton and almost connect with the deep ball is probably more about good individual prowess than catching that screen pass and just running that all all that showed you was there is that he's got a lot of speed, but everybody already knew he has a lot of speed. So I think it's a good thing what he's done so far, which is not just have good preseason game, but have good practices. But as far as who these coaches trust after Devontae Smith, it's tough. I mean, Travis Fulgham has not really done much this camp. And even when we talk about Jalen Rager, he's just now starting to round into form after the first seven or eight days and not being in the best condition. I feel like this group is hurt by not having um, a veteran receiver Mm -hmm. and maybe they'll pick up one before the season starts. But this is, this is a challenging group for these coaches because there's high towers. Another guy who has really good football intelligence, but people who are around him and around the team will tell you, he may not, he doesn't have that love for the game. He does not have the hundred percent devotion to wanting to be a great player every single day. And so that's why you look at this quarterback group or I'm sorry, receiver group. And, you know, it's it's a little dicey at times there. The the thing about it is, I I'm trying not to fall into a trap because I I saw you see the Quez Watkins touchdown, and I hear the buzz. I hear people talking, and I, I hear these two words in my head, and those two words are Paul Turner. You know, <laughs> I, I you know I, that that's that's what I hear. You know. That's what I think of when I think yeah. when, when people start talking about like, oh man, look at this guy, look what he's showing, look what he could be, he could be this, you know, he could be that. So I see well, that Quez has real speed, though. Yeah, of course, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, look, yeah. that's a big difference. Paul Turner didn't <laughs> I, have speed. I, I understand, speed. I understand. But Paul Turner also had a catchphrase. It was Turner time. Remember, we, we all thought it was, you know, he didn't need speed. He had a catchphrase. It, it, it was Turner time. We see that touchdown, and it was funny. Like, I see that, and somebody had shouted me and Jonesy out today on Twitter because they showed that uh, that Rager catch in uh, mm-hmm. in, in practice. 
the one, the one hand, the one handed catch. And I'm sitting here, and it was like, you know, it's, it's a very nice catch. All right. Okay, Jalen Rager, you know, maybe you're working your way back into shape. Maybe we're on our way to giving you a pass for the way he came in because, you know, you, you hear the stories about what what went on in Rager's offseason. Mm-hmm. And, for you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm willing to give you a pass if you come into practice and you work. You know, yeah, you were out of shape, but, hey, man, you know what? I understand you working with some things. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I I don't want to get excited about about wide receivers because I've been down this road, and that's hey, that man, is I hear you. That is I hear your that skepticism. Is my concern. Uh, and and I think I think the best thing we can do, the best mentality we can have, is just to not try to make our final judgment right now. You know, just just say, hey, I got to see I'm from Missouri. You got to show me. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Skepticism is healthy. Mm -hmm. Not believing until you see it can be very healthy. I would never say that that's, you know, unless you're talking about a bot. Look, look, some guys are going to give a little bit more benefit of the doubt than the others. And we certainly do that with Devontae Smith because we've seen him just perform on the highest of levels against Mm -hmm. the greatest competition. And everybody who's around him tells you he's this, that and the other. That still doesn't mean he's going to do anything, but Mm -hmm. you feel better. Yeah. about it but I, I i think it's fine to feel that way about basically everybody on this team who's a first second or third year player who has not established himself as a, a top player at his position how many times have we seen a real i don't want to go i can use carson as an example but mm-hmm. i mean a player who we think is a really good player who just falls off the face or whatever just yeah. goes into the the skids so i mean this this whole season is about development and and see what these guys are and and what kind of future this this franchise is headed toward because as you guys know this, you guys have the, you know, you guys are some vets. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, the weird pulse of the city, right? In January, mm-hmm. everybody hated the Eagles. The organization was terrible. They didn't know what they were doing. Everything was, you know, Howie this, Jeffrey that, Carson this, Doug that. I mean, they, you couldn't find anybody saying anything good about the Eagles, right? By then they trade, night. they fire Doug, mm-hmm. they trade Carson. Some of these things come out about Jeffrey Lurie, you know, and what he wants and, and um, how he's more in, involved in day-to-day uh operations and his involvement we, we've reported that on inside the verse too and then for whatever reason like time goes by they sign a few guys in free agency they mm-hmm. have a draft and then like all of a sudden it's like the eagles are great again you know it's like it's like oh everything's fine the organization's great it's not a mess let's just it, let's just see what this thing this organization's got i mean they got to prove themselves again yeah, yeah they do so, but but, so but here, i'm sorry of, go ahead go see ahead. what they got uh-huh. My real question is, we've talked about an offense, the other side of the ball. I truly have no idea what to expect from this Eagles defense this year. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham aren't young anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Barnett never has really turned into what he was drafted to be to date. Your linebacking core is, I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. I Like, I literally don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And then we got a couple new pieces in the secondary. Steven Nelson, um, will Darius Slay look more like what he did in Detroit? Without now being out of Jim Schwartz's system, where everybody right. always seemed to have their back to the ball, chasing guys, not knowing what's happening. Yeah. Or I I have no idea what to expect from this defense. What are you seeing? The thing is, what I think will help them 
is that I would still put their defensive line talent collectively mm-hmm. up against any team in the NFL. I mean, maybe not the top team. You know, the Buccaneers obviously had a really good pass rush, and we'll see if they can do it again this year. There are some good defensive lines in this league, but Fletcher Cox is still a very good player at his position. Javon Hargrave had a really nice second half last year. He was hurt all last training camp, plus mm-hmm. it was a weird training camp. I think this year, this camp, he has looked like a primo type of defensive tackle. There are actually some times where he reminds me of Fletcher Cox, the way he's displacing offensive mm-hmm. guards and just pushing people. Against the Steelers, starting offensive line, he was pushing that guard back into the quarterback quite a bit. So he, he, you take those two. You, yes, I agree that Brandon Graham's always been like kind of a steady Eddie more than a superstar, mm-hmm. but he's a steady Eddie, and I, he's showing no signs of dropping off. And then I think the combination – of Barnett and Sweat is still pretty good. I mean, you have good pass rushers there, and I think that scares an opposing offensive coordinator and an opposing quarterback. Now, as you just mentioned, the back seven there, it's not going to scare anybody. Darius Slay, I, th- I still think, can be good, and I'm sure that teams will try to avoid him, and I'm expecting about 10 targets at Steven Nelson every game, for, at least for the start, mm-hmm. because he's not Darius Slay. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're not – they're not there's not a playmaker i would say in that back seven other than than slay so when you look at who they face in the first six weeks right you start off with matt ryan veteran quarterback you know you can have your opinion on matt ryan but he's still a pretty good quarterback uh dak prescott week three assuming he's healthy then you're gonna have mahomes you're gonna have brady you're gonna have um justin herbert coming in all in the first six weeks you're gonna you're gonna face some pretty darn good quarterbacks there and each week, mm-hmm. they're going to say, as long as I can get the ball out quickly, right, as long as I can neutralize that great defensive line, I got a chance to move the chains. And so they're going to be really working those pre-snap, trying to figure out where they can go with the ball before the ball's even snapped, which is unfortunately, I think, a downside of Jim Schwartz's defense. Now, the Jonathan Gannon defense is supposed to make you guess a little bit more. Pre-snap movement, disguise, stuff we have not seen under Jim Schwartz. We also didn't see it in the preseason opener. They were very vanilla mm-hmm. against the Steelers. So we shall see. I think Jonathan Gannon seems like a very smart guy. May have to. I don't, I'm not going to call him a miracle worker, though. At the end of the day, the back seven that you got is the back seven that you got. And I just don't see a ton of playmakers. I see guys who I like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I like Alex Singleton. Eric Wilson seems rangy. You know, they're safeties. McLeod, Anthony Harris, good players, but not game changers. Right. anywhere from the linebacker to the secondary level outside of Slay, who didn't show it last year, but I still think can be one. Guess I need to turn my mic on before I... <laughs> it helps. It, it, it does. Yeah. All right, so my my question is, I, I, because my concern, we talked about the linebacker position. I, as far as at end, I want, I desperately want to feel comfortable about them being able to move on from Brandon Graham to Sweat and Barnett. Maybe they're not there yet, but I, I, I like you, I like Sweat and I like Barnett. I, I, I want them to be, the, you know, the ends of the future. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see Slay, you know, Slay's good. You're, you're, you're good with Slay. What you get out of Nelson, uh, you know, I like the signing. What 
desperately love to see this team actually draft a good cornerback. I would love at some point in time to say, hey, you know what? Here's our cornerback that will take us back to the days of Lido and, and Shelton and, and, and Eric Allen or whatever. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, we got Steven Nelson. We got Darius Slay. Yeah, How- that's what you got. I have been screaming from the rooftops for too long now about their lack of desire or I don't know what it is, but this team is like allergic to drafting safeties in the mm-hmm. first three rounds. They have not drafted a safety mm-hmm in the first three rounds since I think Jaquan Jarrett in 2012 was that nine years ago. And he wasn't even good. <laughs> so, and before that it was Nate Allen, like they have not hit on safety. And of course they have not hit on cornerback. I mean, they've, mm-hmm. they've tried higher in the draft with Eric Rowe, mm-hmm. uh, with Rasul Douglas, with Sidney Jones. That just doesn't, hasn't worked. I mean, they haven't drafted a good and cornerback. And those were all second round picks, I believe. The uh, Rasul was the third, but yeah, Sydney was the second. Rasul was third. Yeah, right. Sydney was second. Eric Sydney Rowe was, was second. second. Was Eric Rowe second? Eric Rowe was the second. Was yeah. the second. And by the way, he's become a pretty decent safety for the Dolphins now, which is something that you would have thought they would have tried to do here, especially since they don't draft him here, instead of just cutting the cord with him the way they did. But that's, that's water under the bridge. Yeah. So the point is, I, it's it's mind-boggling to me that in a passing league that they would have gone this long. Look, and and I give them a lot of credit. By the way, I, I want to be fair. Like I love the, I really respect their identity of loading up on the offensive line and the defensive line. I have no issue with it, yeah. and I also understand positional value. I get why they don't draft linebackers in the first round. Okay, mm-hmm. but if that's if you have a positional value for how you approach the draft. And if you're not going to spend a lot of money in free agency on that position too, that's what I meant. If you have positional value and you're not going to spend a lot of money on free agency on linebacker or safety, then you damn well better address it in the draft high. And then, you know, you can't wait eight or nine years to do it. So, exactly. I mean, you get look, some high-end talent in that you can actually have at a yeah. reasonable price and under control for four or five years. Well, Jeff, right. explain it to me. You say, "All right, I understand why the Eagles haven't drafted in the first round. You haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round. Eagles haven't had a you know a a, a, a franchise game-changing linebacker probably since Trot." Like, why have you know? I mean, they've had well, good ones, but they. Uh, let, let, well, here's the thing. I, I, I say I understand it because you can't value every position equally, right? If you're a, mm-hmm. if you value DN, if you value O line, if you value quarterback, if you value wide receiver, then something has to go by the wayside. But that's my point, JB, is that you can't just ignore it, right? So go back to a few years ago, four or five years ago, and then when they won the Super Bowl, they didn't ignore it. Nigel Bradham was a very good free agent signing for them. He wasn't a great player, but he was a good player who could start Protective and play player. all three downs. Yeah. Yep. Same thing with Jordan Hicks. He was a third-round pick, and he turned out to be a good player, which was which was good. Michael Kendricks helped you win a Super Bowl as a backup at that point, but he was a second-round pick. So there was a time where they weren't investing a lot of money at linebacker, but they were getting value in the second okay. and the third round and on the free agent market like Bradham. If you mm-hmm. look at them now, it's like they've compl- like they're their, their free agent the signing is Eric Wilson. He is an undrafted free agent who got his job in Minnesota because Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr were hurt. He got in, played decently enough. I mean, he's not a pro bowler. He's just he's kind of a guy. He's a decent linebacker. T.J. Edwards is or, and Alex Singleton are their second and third best linebackers. You're talking about two undrafted. They're free agents. So they're they're top mm-hmm. three linebackers 
are undrafted free agents. Mm. And then you went and used a third round pick on Davion Taylor, who weirdly did not have a resume. I mean, he was all twitched up athletically, but mm. as you can see, he couldn't get on the field last year and now he's been hurt all this year. So I just don't understand their philosophy. Sometimes I get positional value, but then you can't ignore a position because you don't value it as much as some of the other positions. First of all, Alex Singleton, what I saw in that game was Alex Singleton is trying hard, very hard to replace and fill the void left by Jalen Mills of celebrating every play. <laughs> it does not matter whether he was in on the play. It does not matter what, whether they, they gained yards or whatever. Right. If right. if the other team runs a play, Alex and, slander. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Singleton slander because he's actually playing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me, let me he's tell a you, guy that. has good football instincts. If if, if the other right. team does not score on the play, Alex Singleton was somewhere on the field celebrating. That's what <laughs> it does. Well, no, I mean, I mean but, but, Nick Gary is a phone call away. If you want to go back no, to no, that, no, no. Whoa, then, whoa, then whoa, you, whoa, you know he let's, won't celebrate let, anything, let, but let, he'll have nothing to celebrate. You know what? Good point. You know what, Alex? I'm sorry, bro. You know you, yeah, you put it. Yeah. You put and it again. You my put point it. was more about the the philosophy because I do think mm-hmm. Alex Singleton has become a pretty decent story of development, and the way he plays will probably be a pretty important player for this Eagles defense. But is he going to be a Luke Keekley? Is he going to be Fred Warner? You know, that's the thing is that this team has got to figure out a way to get more talent at that position without relying on undrafted rookies year after year. Because I'm thinking, honestly, in that respect, even if you don't want to pay a guy max money for a big deal in his prime, you could draft a guy the first three rounds and have him for four years on his rookie deal, and then four or five years later, just do it again. Let him walk. And do it. It's If you invest in that position once every four or five years in the right. draft, You'll right. have some talent out there that somebody who could be that playmaker for you. Right. You know, that's what they did with Jordan Hicks, right? I mean, they got the most out of him. He was hurt a lot. They decided not to sign him to a big contract. Arizona did. Maybe they were right on that because Jordan, you know, has played okay, but not great in Arizona. But then they never went. But they, they didn't took go that to second the next step, step to then find the somebody else. To, I guess, you know, last year, Davion Taylor, but that was a little bit of a reach. So, yeah, that's a guy who has no real football experience. Right, it, it, no background, so you know that's a project. Yeah, you know, top three rounds. It seems like you should be able to get a guy who has at least some sort of track record of success on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some SEC linebacker running around in the third round who like to go hit people for a living. Exactly, you would think. You would think. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Before we let you go. You you've been watching this camp where you know we're we're getting closer and closer to the season, right? At at right now, what do you think of Nick Sirianni? Where 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 do you stand with the camp that he's run? I've read about how you know it's it's a little bit different, a little bit out of the ordinary. Practices are shorter, maybe not as much emphasis on hitting. You've watched it. You have now watched a couple of coaches now. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the camp that he's running and what should fans think of the camp that Nick Sirianni has run so far? Yeah, definitely one of the more spirited coaches, animated coaches, um, constant, you know, almost like Pete Carrollish, I think, with that infectious attitude where he's uh, rallying everybody and very, um, very, uh, you know, not just animated, but like, uh, you know, into it. You know, the, the practices are short. They move fast. They move a little faster, in my opinion, than Doug Peterson's maybe not as fast as Chip Kelly, something in between. 
as far as going from drill to drill. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I think a big part of coaching is not just how you coach your players, how you coach your coaches. And he's definitely coaching his coaches while he's on the field too. There have been times where, you know, and wide receiver, you can tell he's paying a lot of attention to. That's his background. Mm-hmm. So that's us. And that's a spot that's in b- bad need of development. I think he's paying a lot of attention to that, but I've seen him not only get on his wide receivers, but then look at Aaron Moorhead, the coach with a, a stare, like, you know, get these guys in order, you know, that's your job. So I think that that part of it has, has been interesting to watch. You know, it's unique um, compared to the last regime, which I think was a little more laid back. So he's got some fired up coaches. I think that's a good thing. Um, communicates. He's certainly an over communicator <laughs> to, to when he's trying to explain something. I, I'm very interested to see how his whole demeanor plays after a tough loss. I feel like he's going to be a good, fun guy to be around after a big win. But can some of that demeanor play well with the grown men in the locker room after you just lost uh, by a field goal to the Cowboys at home, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to, you know, break your neck out there. So how, 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 is, the, how is the verbiage? How is the way the message is relayed to the team in those situations is what I'm interested to see from him. I, I guess how much – my next question is, like, so far, how much patience do you think, like, like this team has with him? Because I, I see him, and he looks like a spirited guy. He looks like somebody who has an energy that is kind of infectious. But I also see somebody with a, a teaching spirit. You know, somebody who, who's trying to teach the game. So, yeah. my, you know, so when you have coaches like that, especially young coaches with not a lot of – with who don't have the pedigree, you don't have the resume, your fear then becomes, okay, this is going to be the guy who, who makes and guides Jalen Hurts into being an NFL quarterback. And when Jalen Hurts is ready to truly be an NFL quarterback and possibly make that next step, that's when the next coach comes in and gets him over. It, it gets him over the hump. <laughs> you know that that that's my fear. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think having any kind of skepticism or concern or fear about what might happen a year from now mm-hmm. is warranted because who thought we'd all be in this position at this time last year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jeffrey Lurie is kind of always lauded for his patience, but he's not always the most patient guy. Certainly with assistant and position coaches, he's not mm-hmm. patient. And um, I would say, you know, even after Doug's first year, what were they, uh, seven and nine, which I think when you look back mm-hmm. on it with a rookie quarterback and no wide receivers, um, that wasn't a bad showing. I think they led the NFL in time of possession. Started the season um, three and oh, didn't it? Started off three and oh, which almost became a curse more than a blessing because mm-hmm. um, they weren't that good. So there were some rumblings at the end of the year, though, you know, that, that is this guy the right guy or is Jeffrey Lurie looking at him like maybe not the right guy? And that was a, not that bad of a year. So, you know, I think there'll be patience to the point where, all right, if they win, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, there still might be something that you see that you like. But, you know, if they go three and 14, not that I'm saying they are. You know, I'm just giving you your doomsday scenario. If, if things bottom out and it looks bad, I think that there's going to be, you know, rumblings and it's going to be an interesting offseason. You just don't know really with this franchise. They they can be impulsive at times too. Well, I've always been a believer that you need to give a coach at least three or four years to really give him a chance mm-hmm. to build his program. 
but that's not the world we live in anymore. No, certainly so, not anymore, right? Nope. Nobody has that patience anymore. So we'll see. But Jeff, I know you're a busy man, so we can't keep you. You know, we keep talking football as long as we let you let us. But I know we got to let you go. You got responsibilities to handle. So thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate we'll you all. We have to do this again soon. Yes, fellas. Yes. Thank you. And much success. Much love to the podcast. And I hope everything is great with both of you. All right. Real quick, right, before you go, just let us know where people can find you and where they can get the latest from Inside the Birds. Yeah. Inside the Birds podcast uh, with me, myself and Adam Kaplan. It drops uh, for right now every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Once the season starts, it'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 a.m. But we also got a great show with former Eagles, Quentin Michael and Jason Avant called Q&A. That'll be dropping Wednesday at 6 a.m. That's been going on for a couple months now, and it's an awesome, awesome kind of inside look at what it's like being football players. I mean, they analyze the current team, but they also tell a lot of great stories about when they played, and they kind of take – they peel back all the curtains for you guys and and let you know what life is really like for, for NFL players. So the Q&A show is there and uh, on our, our Inside the Birds platform as well. So all you have to do is subscribe to the Inside the Birds podcast. You can also find our work on InsideTheBirds.com. And real, real talk for you guys, man. The Inside the Birds pregame show is probably the it, – it, it's definitely – it was a game changer, man. I was so proud of you guys. That, that yeah, has been right, a that, that quality too. show. That like, literally like, became appointment. Come for that, yeah. I'll show it up. Yeah, yeah no, we, we're, we're working on that. So thank you for, for dropping the plug on that. Mm-hmm. And um, this year we're going to have Quentin and Jason be a part of it, like nice. alternating different shows. So they bring a – a whole great perspective. And you guys know Greg Cosell nice. breaks down yes. tape better than anybody. So yes. uh, we really enjoyed that show. I can't wait till it starts yeah. up. Thank that you. That was, that was definitely appointment watching. Enjoy <laughs> watching that every, I, every no, week. When you started JB and I were texting each other. Like, are you listening to this? This yeah. is good stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm like, like literally I'm like, yo, are you, are you watching this? This is the best thing on TV. It's and, crazy. And, Cause we didn't know, you know, we did this thing and it came like together like two weeks before the start of last year. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, we hope it, Hope people watch it. Hope people like it. And Dude. then it was like by week two, it was like, Poof. I was like, oh, all right, good. We got something going here. It was good. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, look, Jonesy was being nice. You know, talk about we'll wait till you start to allow, you know, the crowd to come in. Quite frankly, I mean, we, we, we know you. And, you know, we're not afraid to play that friend card to sneak in and try and get on air one day when you're doing the show. It's, it's not like we go wait. We really go wait for, you know, to be all official. Look, we get some hand sanitizers, put some you masks on. You guys make some signs and be in the exactly. background like exactly. in the exactly. yeah, college football exactly. show. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. All right. You got in. a capacity crowd of two people out here cheering for you guys. <laughs> That's we'll take it, man. We appreciate it. Man, we appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for coming on, man. And we, we will definitely have you on, you know, during the season. And, you know, when, when it's all said and done, when we're talking about uh, the Eagles' road to another Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> or, or not. We'll, 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 we'll definitely have you back. Yeah. yeah all right, folks. Sports Shop Philly. Never forget, right? Exactly, never man. Exactly. Right, exactly. Night, Peace right. out, man. All right, that was our man, Jeff Both Always good to talk with Jeff, man. Absolutely. Always good to talk with Jeff, man. Hey, look, hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a question, comment, remember, you can hit us up on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter at Jonesy and Brown. Jonesy and Brown. All right? You can also hit us up at BIT 
WWE Sports. And you can download this podcast pretty much wherever you find the podcast. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. Just search Best in the World Sports and you can get the latest from Jonesy and Frank. That is Mike Jones. Mike Jones, um, look, I, I'm not quite sure how your, 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 your new status changes. Because back in the day, they, they didn't want you. Now you hot. Now you've been around. And now you're married. What happens now? What, 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 what goes on? They, they still be trying to bring all of them, but I got to beat them off. Hey, 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 hey bro. Move, it's, it's, exactly. Exactly. That couch can be a cold place, man. You, you don't want oh, no parts yeah. of that, man. You don't want no parts of that couch, man. All right? Look, Chuck, this is, you're in year one. You're in year one. Bro, I'm in year 15. You don't want no parts of that couch, bro. Listen to the OGs, man. Not about that life. Not about that life. Hey, my friend, look, I don't know when we're going to do another podcast. We'll do it real soon. But when you when you do, you make sure you check out Jonesy and Brown. Y'all have a good week. Watch more preseason football. Just don't talk trash about it, all right? Peace, y'all. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. 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 Brown.